Welcome. You have found Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And we really did muddle through this one, didn't we, Lisa Jo? With no idea where we were going, we started telling our stories. And now I can't quite believe where we found ourselves. Oh, Chrissy, is it weird to say I blew my own mind today <laughs> with the realization I had about a verse I've probably heard like a thousand times in my life? Well, too bad. I did. I hope it gives your brains a fresh perspective today, too, friends. So get comfy. Here we go. Sometimes I forget that there are people out there leaving us kind words on the internet. And really, the internet needs more kind words. <laughs> so <laughs> it's important to pause occasionally and pull up our review page here on the podcast and read what you have to say to us. And I smiled so much because there was this great review that said, Happy podcast anniversary," <laughs> which made me so happy. And it's from someone in South Africa. And she says, Congratulations, you two. I've been listening from day one and have not missed many. Blessings from South Africa. How cool is that, Christy? Because listeners, we are four years into this podcast. This is our fifth year. Hard to believe. It is. Here's another great one, Lisa Joe from AZ Andrea. Um, she says, a delight. Five stars. <laughs> I've been listening to this podcast since the beginning. Oh, love hearing that. And it is a delightful part of my week. Lisa Joe and Christy feel like old friends of mine. They meet with me in school pickup lines, sports practice, parking lots, and in my laundry room while I fold the newest Aww. load. They help me love my beautiful, ordinary life. I love that. I love Chrissy, I love when the thing we are trying to do feels like we're actually accomplishing it. So if this is a podcast called Out of the Ordinary and our tagline is how to grow a daily life that matters, when we actually do that, <laughs> when you tell us we're doing it, it's very satisfying. So on that <laughs> note, here's a review from Lonnie Jane. And she said, as I listen to their podcast, Out of the Ordinary, it seems that the Holy Spirit uses them to impart to me a lighter burden. I can be prone to dwell on the heavy and burdensome aspects of life. Yet, as they process life together and celebrate where they notice God at work in their own lives and in one another, the heavy and burdensome feelings subside and a lightness of heart is infused into me. I love that idea. I think about that verse where Christ says, you know, my burden is light. And if we can be part of lightening your burdens, what an encouragement. Lonnie Jane says that most months she travels two hours each way to spend a few days at a quiet place. I don't know what that is, if it's a retreat or a church or for work, but whatever it is, I would like to go to a quiet place. <laughs> it's such a great, sounds wonderful wherever you're going, Lonnie. Um, and she says she looks forward to it because she listens to our show, two shows each way. So it works out that I catch up on a month at a time while going to and from. I'm thankful for how God uses their voices to invite me into new perspectives, which I oftentimes find myself ruminating on while at that quiet place. These two feel like big sisters to me, although I don't know them personally. Thanks, ladies, for sharing your lives. I look forward to meeting you one day, whether on this side of the curtains of heaven or the other. That's so beautiful. <laughs> that is. And I really relate to that one because, and here's like the crazy, wonderful thing. So she said our conversations help her like give that lightness of heart. And, you know, as someone who's prone to, to reflect more on the heavy, hard things. Well, I am that person too. I am someone prone to just like 
see the darker things or feel the heavy, hard things and forget about the lighter, joyful things. And yet it has our conversations, Lisa Joe, just taking this time to sit down and reflect and share and listen to one another and to God. Um, it has that effect on me too. So I just share that to, sh- to say it, it isn't that we're somehow naturally gifted at seeing the lighter <laughs> side of ordinary life, but like this is the fruit of friendship and conversation. And so what a gift to be able to share the thing that blesses me with others and to see them receive that as well. That is very cool. And it feels like a really great transition into today's conversation because when she's talking about heaven and about conversations about ordinary life that yet are somehow kind of pulling back a curtain onto the deeper, thinner, beautiful sacred places where Christ walks and lives and has his being with us. That is what we're going to talk about today. And we've done a whole series on what it means to muddle through, whether you're muddling through unexpected events or transitions and goodbyes or the holidays. Today, we're talking about muddling through faith. And actually, when we were Going back and forth about this conversation, Christy had actually had some pushback, like, wait, do you do you muddle through faith? Like, I feel like that's, <laughs> you can't even use that, that phrase maybe about faith. Like, she kept saying, but no, we're dealing with muddling through is about like the unexpected things or things you don't have control over. And I'm like, yes, faith is faith. that one for me. <laughs> and so maybe at the outset, we'll just do a little bit of not defining, but pulling back a little bit more of what what do we mean? Because I we realize what I mean by muddling through faith and what Christy means might be different from each other and different from how you understand what it means. So here in the beginning, maybe we'll just have a little BTS behind the scenes. When we were thinking about this conversation, we were already kind of muddling through. <laughs> we were, we were. Yeah, so I remember... Yeah, you you trying to share with me your feeling about muddling through faith. And I, I, yeah, I struggled at first to even understand what you meant because I guess when I think of faith, I think of that inherently it's, it's a kind of trust or it's a way of um, maybe I th- it's an ability like to sort of see a path or to see, you know, we... It, you know, it's hard even to put into words, but to me, it felt like faith was inherently not yeah. <laughs> muddling through. And and yet, um, you know, you in- insisted that it, f- it feels that way to you. And as you kept sharing, Lisa Joe, I thought, I realized, no, she's right. It, it does feel that way because I am a person who tends to be like to dream dreams and to have clear vision. I feel um, motivated often, not always, but often by a clear sense of purpose or vocation. And so um, that doesn't feel like muddling this through. That often feels like I know where I'm headed. I just don't know how to get there. Or I don't know, you know, I, I see A to B, but what comes between A and B? I don't always know that. But yeah, as you shared, Lisa Joe, I realized, no, like, who am I kidding? Like, <laughs> we, we don't know, you know, no matter if we feel like we've received a vision or we have a clear sense of purpose, like we have no idea what what's coming day to day. And maybe this conversation about muddling through um, will help me 
Well, I don't know. I just have a sense that will maybe help me have a, a more realistic picture of what faith actually looks like when we're living it out. Um, because once you kind of pushed on that, Lisa Joe, I had to say, like, yeah, you are describing something that I feel too mm-hmm. um, quite often. So I wonder if, I, so I was thinking about this verse in scripture that talks about faith or heaven as seeing through a seeing in a mirror darkly or unclearly, like how we can't clearly see through. We can't, we don't have a clear reflection. And I've thought about that image and also about your pushback about, wait, no, faith isn't something we muddle through. Faith is certain, you know, faith is the one anchor. And, and faith that's, is being sure, right? Sure, is that yes. Said? <laughs> and, and I wondered if it depends on whose view of the mirror. Because when, when we're looking in, when we humans are looking, it's dark and unclear and feels murky and like muddling. But if you're thinking about Christ and how he views us, because he's on the other side of the mirror. And if it's like one of those mirrors where you can only, you can see through one of them clearly like glass, he sees us clearly. There's no muddling with Christ. He sees, he knows, he discerns. And I wondered if that was maybe what your spirit was sort of saying, but wait, no. Oh, there's a sure thing. And and so as I've thought about it more, I've thought to myself, yes, Christ is the sure thing. His view of me is sure. But my perspective feels generally quite muddled. Like, and and I think it's because I'm always learning and two steps back and half a step forward and then fall down and lie in the mud for a while. Like <laughs> so for me, in that sense, while I do believe ultimately I'm headed to him. I feel like I'm just like a toddler who's just wandering in circles and isn't sure what's happening. But 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 I have a parent who's coming to get me and he's sure and he has the path and he's holding my hand. But most things from my perspective feel unclear. So here here's a good example just from this last year. Um, and I'll say because I think what Christy and I were going back and forth on is like, do you have seasons of muddling through that might be like doubt seasons or in is muddling through the exception or is it the rule? And I think that's what you and I were going back. For me, it feels like the rule. And I think you were saying, no, it's like the exception. Like sometimes we feel more muddly than others. And and I so I think for Christ, it's clearly, you know, not the rule or the exception. <laughs> he sees clearly. But But for me, it's felt like often the rule, just when I think I'm learning something, there feels like an unlearning. So here's a, here's a story to share. So just this past week, October 1st, was uh, the one-year birthday of the youngest member of our extended family, a little baby Jude is his name. He's one year old. And so this time last year, I was in South Africa when he was born. It's so amazing. It's like sad that a whole year has passed. How is that even possible? It's so amazing that he's one. But on his birthday, his father, my brother Joshua, is still in hospital a year later, much worse off than he was a year ago when he first began his cancer treatments. And we hope he's at the end. But my goodness, the cost of this last year to his wife, Megan, and his three other kids, too. And so we got video of them all celebrating baby Jude. Um, But Josh was in hospital uh, when that happened. And so 
a year ago, we just had, we had no idea what was waiting for us. Like a storm cloud is about all we could see. But what we didn't realize, it was like more like a hurricane or a tornado we were walking into. And so maybe when I say muddling through, that's what I'm describing, this constant sense of an inability to see. Like, you know, while faith might be being sure of what we hope for, I I constantly feel unable to see. Like the the mirror is dark. Like I cannot see clearly. I can't see beyond one or two steps on the path. And and so for me that feels like muddling. So I'm curious to hear you unpack it because usually you and I end up meaning the same things, but maybe using different vocabulary to unpack it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't I feel like Lisa Joe, I've still got just questions, not answers. So I will I will do a very Lisa Joe-ish thing. <laughs> I'll just tell a quick little story. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> and see, I, I don't actually know if it's evidence for one or the other. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll I'll tell the little I'll add the little story to your story and I'll say that your story, well, both stories are quite precious, though I know that yours um is very dear and involves um people you love most in the world. So my little story is this, uh, you know, a couple years ago, um, Lisa Joe, you and I are bad at math, bad at dates. I won't even try <laughs> to put a date on it. But several years ago, um, you and me and my husband, Jonathan, and your husband, Peter, we spent time together here at Maplehurst. And we, in I don't even remember exactly what led to it. I just know that we were having these very fruitful conversations. And by the end of it, Jonathan, I think, was recording what we were saying on his like iPhone. <laughs> and Peter was taking notes. And what came out of it was a sort of dream of uh, an organization, a, a, a black barn organization um, that would do certain things. And without going into too many details, we were just, we were dreaming of a community. We were dreaming of a space that would bring together people who write books and create art with people who receive it and a place where, um, you know, Christian artists and creators wouldn't be up on hype platforms and pedestals, but would be seated around tables, relating in, you know, healthy, good ways with those who received their work. And um, so, we kind of were writing out this dream, and it was a vision, right? It was just this vision. And um, it was a really, felt grand, it felt beautiful, and it felt like, I at least thought, no idea (laughs) exactly what this is or how to do it. And I can tell that the very limited ideas I had then were com- almost entirely off base. Like, I, I, I legitimately had no idea. None of us did. But here, several years later, um, I've just, um, just before recording this, come out of a, a time of, of sharing a, a live in our Blackburn online community where I was celebrating the art that was shared there just this Saturday, um, the opening of our newest um, exhibit in the Blackburn online art gallery. Um, and, you know, if people are listening, they don't even know what I'm talking about. We can link to it in the show notes, blackbarnonline.com. But years later, there is this community where the things we talked about, even even to the extent of gathering around tables, we have, you know, had these online courses called tables. Well, this is happening. This community is being cultivated online. And it it doesn't look like when we sat down to kind of put that vision to paper, I'd never heard of Mighty Networks, the online platform we used. Um, I had, 
no idea that it wasn't just going to be an in-person community, but would be hybrid and be mostly online through a pandemic. Like, I didn't see any of the details. Um, it was just this sort of vague, but not vague, quite detailed, actually, vision that somehow had come out of our conversation. Um, and so, when I think about faith, that that story comes into it for me because I had a, we had a, we had a vision and no idea, not only how to get there, but even once we got there, what it would actually look like. <laughs> so, in a sense, we knew nothing. <laughs> but also, in a sense, we knew everything. Um, and somehow, that tension or that, that weirdness of like knowing exactly where you're headed and also really having no idea and being completely surprised when you get there— I, maybe that's muddling through. I don't know. But that somehow that story is, I think, relevant to this conversation about faith and this tension of like seeing and not seeing, um, of like heading in a particular direction that you've been called to go in and going where you were called to go. But then also when you get there, both recognizing it and also being completely surprised. <laughs> like, this is it. I had no idea. It, it's just a wild experience. And I, I guess that's... That's a story I would want to take into account as we continue to pull this apart and figure out, like, when we sat down and we put that vision to paper and everything that came after, was that just a faithful step-by-step seeing? Or was that a muddling through? Or was that both? Or did it feel one way one day and one day the next? I, I don't know. These are the questions I still have, I guess. Right. And I, I think there's an image I used many years ago, maybe in, in a very early episode of the podcast where I was talking about, it's funny, I haven't thought about this in a while, but I was talking about this idea of trying to navigate and follow God when he calls us to something and how when we do it, so like how you're describing the Black Barn experience, um, and and for me, I mean, whether it's marriage or kids or a health journey of someone you love or stepping into a new job, when you're following, it feels like you're in a in a maze following like this tiny little thread yeah. that's so yeah. delicate. It's like a spider web. Like you can only see it if the light hits it just right and you're holding onto it and you feel like it could break at any minute and you're not like you want to say to other people, do you see it? Like, is this real? <laughs> yeah. Is it invisible? Like, did I make this up in my head that I'm following yes, this? Yes. And, and I've always pictured this like I'm following, 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 but then there are moments where you pause, and I feel like Christ invites you to look back over your shoulder. And I think for you, it's in those moments when you're celebrating in the Black Bar and how many years you've been doing this with a community now who can have an art show or, um, you know, anytime you've done sort of a, a weekend retreat celebrating key moments in the liturgical calendar. Or for me, when I took this new job coming to work full-time for a publishing house after years and years of being independent and working with authors and wondering, what am I doing? <laughs> like, how, how does this make sense? But you hold that tiny little thread. And in that moment, you look over your shoulder and you realize 
the thing you thought was a thread is actually a giant paved Mm. highway that you have been walking (laughs) on because you have been in the pitch dark and there's fog and there's oncoming traffic. And so you weren't able to see, but you were actually walking on a highway God has put there for you. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that maybe is the both and of muddling and sureness. Like somehow they're both true in that moment, depending like what stage of the journey you are. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So that, that I will say describes this perfectly for me because it always does feel like even if I have a quite clear destination in mind, the process does feel very much like following breadcrumbs or just very, delicately trying to connect the dots. And then you're right. It's when you arrive somewhere and you look back that you just see this clear, solid road. I think as well, this is this is a good analogy, Lisa Joe. I'm glad you brought it up because it gets at another complexity in the conversation. Um, and that is we've used this word faith. But let's be honest, if we're talking about a road and we're talking about a way, we are talking about a movement. So I think the problem with a word like faith, at least in the English language, is that it's often feels equivalent to just um, a thought or a feeling. I have faith means how I feel or that I'm trusting or that I I think a certain thing. Yeah, choice or a belief. And I do think it has all those elements. passive. Yeah. But what we're describing is a, is an active following. And so, I think a word to add to the conversation is faithfulness. Or you, I, I, I think earlier before we hit record, you just added the ing, you just said faithing, which I love. <laughs> right, because it actually comes from the Greek word. So, faith is actually from the Greek word pistis, which you can imagine sounds like piston, right? That you think of that drives an engine or a car forward, a piston. So, pistis is actually the word for faith in Greek, which is an act of, it's a verb that they're using, faith thing. It's an act of, it's a state of being. So it's not a passive sitting on the side of the road. It is like following the thread or, you know, following the path, following the breadcrumbs. Like it has helped me to think of faith, not as something that I sit around and wait for it to fall in my lap, but in, you know, do I feel like I have faith? Because most days I don't. But instead, it's active, like it's a faith thing, like growing or loving or crying or weeping, like faith is constantly in motion. And so in some days, it makes sense that you might feel more like of the faith element and other days you might not. But what you have to just remember is it's it is a it is an in motion (laughs) experience. It is not a passive reception of something. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think as a little like a side, it's worth noting for our listeners, and then we can set them free to go off and do this study themselves and, you know, look into it for themselves. But, you know, the, the conversation we're having is rooted in some bigger theological and historical conundrums around Bible translation, because there are places in our scripture where, based on the original language and the text we have, you could translate it with faith or with faithfulness. And so, in those moments, um, you know, the, tra- the committees are making choices. And 
Um, I think it's worth noting that often um, in the Protestant tradition, we've leaned on the choice to, to translate that word as faith rather than faithfulness um, because of ancient, um, I don't know if controversy is the right word, but discussions within the Christian church around um, salvation and works and faith and and the particular, you know, intricacies of that and um, some traditions, uh, you know, wanting to emphasize more our participation in our salvation and others wanting to emphasize more, you know, the, the work of God and without needing even to like get into that, um, I think it's just fair enough to say whatever our tradition, if we're coming to Holy Scripture, um, just to be aware of that and then to be able to look at the Scripture and say, well, if I'm struggling with the a ver- if I'm struggling with a verse or I'm struggling with understanding faith, does it help in this moment to, to try the word faithfulness? Does that unlock something? And um, one particular verse where that has helped me, and again, I am not making any claims here about scholarship or, you know, I am, this is way above my pay grade. And I'm sure some of you can talk with people in your lives who know a lot more about this than I do and can probably read scripture in some of the original languages, which I cannot. Um, but I will just share personally that um, it was really helpful to read, reread a familiar verse like, um, like Jesus saying, that if we have faith like a mustard seed, we can move mountains. So that's a really familiar one, right? And I can remember being young and wanting things or wanting life to go a certain way and just like thinking, well, okay, Jesus promises that if I have even a tiny bit of faith, huge things can happen. So, so then, so what does that look like? I guess it means like I have to believe, but really believe, like really, really believe, or believe a little bit because it's a mustard seed, or like I could never puzzle it out. But when I put the word faithfulness into that context, one thing that I felt like became clearer to me is that, you know, perhaps Jesus is saying to me, look, if you are faithful to me even a little bit, if you participate in me and my life even a little bit, I can do, I can move mountains with that. You know, you just, your little bit of participation in, through faithfulness, through a faithful life, through faithfully following me, even your little putting one breadcrumb next to the next breadcrumb or holding on to that little thread, like even the little step you take along that thread, I can move mountains. I don't need you to be perfect. I don't need you to be all powerful. I don't need you to have this like enormous faith. I don't need you to see the highway. I don't need you to see all the way to the destination. If you just will like wiggle along that thread, I can move mountains with you and through you. And um, again, I don't know if I'm stepping on any theological toes, but I'm just sharing personally, that was huge for me to sort of lay down this burden of feeling like I have to believe harder (laughs) or believe more and just hear what Jesus was saying to me is that just that that just my faithfulness which which to me looks like just holding on to that thread just not lying down and letting go in utter despair I mean it doesn't look like very much um, that Jesus can do so much with that was really freeing and encouraging um, so I don't know, Lisa Joe, is that is that faith 
faith is muddling through faithfulness? As maybe it is. I think it might be a kind of muddling through faithfulness. I love when you give that <laughs> lecture. It helped me so much when you and Peter were sharing that because you're right. Sometimes I've tried to will myself into feeling faith. Like if you could have faith of a mustard seed, but what does that feel like? Like how strongly do I have to believe a mountain could move? But instead, actually much more like this podcast, it's saying how to how to live a daily life that matters. Like how do you just participate in what's in front of you? Like that is faithfulness. And then God, he will do the big thing. Here's a great example. My parents are such a great example of this story. We laugh about it now because... Our house is like a train station of children. My father is 74 now and has four kids the ages of my children that are adopted. He would never have told you he was trying to be a great man of faith by adopting kids. He had zero intention of that. He simply was being faithful to a prompting. And at the time, the only thing they thought that they were supposed to do. And this is why I tell you, faithfulness is about just our ordinary Tuesdays. What do we do in that day when we sense from God? He and my amazing stepmom, she had come to him, and she's from a part of South Africa where there's a large orphan and vulnerable children community. And they'd been talking about it and wondering what they could do, and it's outside of where their church is. It's kind of a distance from our house. But she had grown up in that area, and so she said, I know this social worker. Why don't I just reach out to them? And this is all they were going to do, okay? They were like, let's ask her to put us in touch with two child-headed households. So that is what it sounds like. It's a term that the UN, the UN actually defines homes now where the parents have passed away, and in the case of South Africa, often because of HIV-AIDS, and now they're only children. And so the, the household is headed by a child. <laughs> it's really hard reality of South Africa. And so they put together these care packages, like that's what you'd call them in America. They're like a little basket and it had like some blankets, some food, some milk, some chocolate bars, like like diapers. I mean, they're just like a tiny little care package. And all they planned to do was to go one afternoon and deliver <laughs> care packages. That is it. That was wow. They saw nothing beyond that. They felt like God had prompted them and they were like, oh, that'll be, you know, we're going to do this thing that God asked us to do. Look how big our faith is, you know, we're going to do a faithful <laughs> thing and we get all wrapped up in our idea of what we're doing. And my dad always says they just had no intention beyond that. And they arrived at the first family and there were four kids and the oldest was like nine or 11 and the youngest wasn't even one yet. And they were living outside in this little shack with a fire and a little scoop of porridge that they would cook over the fire every day. And my father says, we took one look at that family and we never left. We didn't go see any other families. And God <laughs> did that thing where he was like, oh. You've got little tiny fishes, give them to me. And he just started breaking them and multiplying <laughs> oh, them. And oh. then they got so involved with this family. And then the youngest baby came home with them and he ended up getting adopted. And then they fostered the siblings and then they adopted more kids. <laughs> and my dad, like 10 years later, that little baby that was one when my parents met that family is 20 now. He is my youngest brother, Karabo. And uh, there are four adopted kids in our family. And my father will tell you, 
that's the thing about God, man. He'll just trick you into getting like, just that <laughs> tiny. And so when I think about the mustard seed, part of the problem is, especially in Western culture, I think we are imagining what we can do for ourselves with that. So God gives this image about how if you have this tiny mustard seed sized faith, you can move mountains. The problem is, I think, well, what's the mountain I need moved? What's the finances I need or the new house I need or what my kid needs? Or it, it tends to become a very Western almost like an God's advertising gimmick, right? Like you believe this and you get, you win this behind <laughs> door number four, a mountain moved for you. <laughs> when in reality, I think a much better understanding is if you have that tiny bit of faith of what God is trying to do in his kingdom, he will in fact move mountains. And that is literally what has happened in our family over the last decade in children's lives in being able to track down birth certificates and move mountains to have adoptions take place and in some cases track down parents or grandparents or restore broken family structures or now begin to work with the larger orphan care community and work with aftercare centers and supporting mothers and churches like I think the problem becomes when we think of that tiny grain of faith as like a quarter that I'm going to put in a vending machine and I'm going to get something for me, as opposed to a loaf of bread that God is going to break and multiply to feed other people. I think I just blew my own mind. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> thought about it like that before, but maybe yeah. that is the hang up. If you have been like, I have all this faith and God still has not given me what I wanted. Maybe this is just your reminder from God today that he is not a global cosmic bending machine. <laughs> He's out there to restore and redeem and take care of other people through other people. And that is how we get to participate. So in that case, it is actually much easier to have a small amount of faith because you can just trust like, well, I don't know what's coming, but I guess for this one step, I can I can agree with you, God. And then he, he will move the mountains that are between you and the thing he wants to accomplish. Wow. I, I'm tempted to just say, okay, done. <laughs> Sermon delivered. <laughs> Hit the record button. Say goodbye. <laughs> but I will at least just add this. I Again, I don't, you know, I haven't been along a close witness to their story all these 20 years, um, just, you know, glimpses here and there. So, I'm just imagining here. But what I'm imagining is um, 20 years that must have felt most of the time like muddling through, right. literally like change a diaper, fill out a form, make right. dinner, exactly. put the kids in bed, take someone to the doctor, like the most ordinary and right. let's be honest like difficult and yeah just time consuming and i mean there's nothing like raising kids to just be like the most like phenomenal transformative thing you can do and also the thing that feels the most mundane <laughs> the most just total utterly ordinary and involving all the ordinary things of life so I don't know. So, yeah, seeing that, like hearing you tell the story, it's just, it gives me goosebumps. It is awe-inspiring. It is incredible. But then if I put myself in the story and just imagine it lived out day by day, it seems just ordinary and hard. And I could imagine lots of questions along the way, like, what are we doing? And would it have been better to just start an organization, raise lots of money for baskets to get delivered to every door like we wanted to do? And while, yes, there's a place for that, um, 
this, this is phenomenal faithfulness, just stepping in and doing it day by day, even if it feels small, or even if I can imagine too, that they might have been thinking, well, okay, should we do this for this one family when there are all these other families over there? And who's doing it for them? And, you know, and and getting caught up in that. I could, I could just imagine myself getting caught up in that to the point of being frozen and not then taking the next little step or feeling like, well, what's the point? You know, it's too much. It's too hard. It's, you know, what, what does my own little effort matter? Matter. Um, but every what did we say from the beginning of this podcast? Everything big starts small, you know? It's it's another grass seed story. Plant these little seeds and you know, whole meadows grow. Um anyway, it's just good for me to be reminded of the things that we have been saying all these years on this podcast, but I still need to hear it again and again. Yeah, me too. And I'm I always so encouraged to talk to you to like remember it is muddling through, but it is also sure, like that God knows for sure. And and I think in that way it's also exciting. Like, what is the small thing? Like what is the thing that looks small that God has invited me to participate in? Because you just don't know like where he's gonna sneakily lead you. <laughs> like what, <laughs> what thing he has waiting on the other side. I mean, I feel that for you and the black barn and even the actual barn that you built, you know, intended for gathering that has now housed, you know, your father and mother-in-law and now your mother-in-law and just this constant God's constant creative capacity for multiplication in ways that you don't expect that don't look what you what you thought they would look like and somehow then you're in the middle of it and you're like oh there's a harvest like <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with it I don't know how there is one it's so weird <laughs> here we are yeah I mean we just planted seeds where did all this fruit come from right. I don't even know yeah right right <laughs> Yeah. We hope that's encouraging to you too this week, friends. If you're having a week that feels more like muddling through, or if you're having a week where you're having a moment where you look back, it seems like both and are true in this case. And we're grateful to get to tell stories here that force us to look back. And remember, because sometimes I'm so trapped in the muddle, I'm so in the dark or if the fog of sadness or confusion or just my own failure or sinfulness that you can start to feel like there's no way out there's no way up and when you have conversations like this it's like there's a someone turns on the light switch and god's like no 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 look over here here's the blueprint (laughs) it is all going somewhere (laughs) until next week friends muddle through (laughs) 